0: So I figured I I really fell in love with James Bond as an early kid, and I felt, man, if I could do half the things this guy does or goes or, you know, participates in, I feel like I haven't lollygagged in life. And so recently, just this past year, so nothing happened during COVID year, right? But last year, I did get to knock off one of the things that's been on the list for the long time. And I didn't realize it's been on the list for 25 years.
1: Sorry for saying sorry. Media presents the per podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks and updates for the entire veterinary health care team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek.
2: Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little.
3: And this is Dr. Yola Kerpenstein.
2: Now you pause there, Yola. You're not used to being the second person on. I know, I know. I I heard the hesitation.
3: It's tough, but you deserve the limelight.
2: Oh, I do, thank you.
3: (laughs) So this is the first podcast very excited because we had an amazing episode last week yeah. we we're on the edge of our seat talking about gen- cat genetics with the amazing dr leslie lyons and uh, you know i'm so excited we can go on with this same topic and you know i want to start with a very special cat called cinnamon so that's where the whole genome is based on i guess so can you tell a little bit of background on the cat?
0: Uh, I'll tell you uh, one of the the deep dark secrets of the cat world was cinnamon. Okay mm. so um, cinnamon was is an Abyssinian that belonged to Dr. Car- uh, Christina Narstrom uh, when she was here at the University of Missouri. Now, she was studying retinal degeneration in Abyssinians, and she did find that gene along with colleagues at the National Cancer Institute. And that was discovered while she was here at the University of Missouri. And it was prior to me actually arriving at Missouri, so we had no overlap here. So when you do a reference genome, everybody tries to find a very, very inbred ver- uh, Individual, and so that's because we don't want a lot of genetic variation to start out with. We want as little variation as possible. So when we go to assemble the genome, the the genetic variation doesn't cause us to misalign things and, and put pieces in the wrong place. So because the NCI worked with uh, Dr. Narstrom, they were able to kind of sample a bunch of different cats from different groups. And because she had this colony for over 20 years, Cinnamon was a fairly inbred uh, kitty and she got the call. And so all we really needed was uh, a tissue sample where we, a skin sample where fibroblasts were grown. Also they just collected blood from Cinnamon and she has now since passed away but um, really all she had to do is contribute a little skin sample and some blood and, and she was a red Abyssinian, a cinnamon Abyssinian. However, the picture that you see of cinnamon it's, not, it's cinnamon. not cinnamon. No. Oh my gosh. How it's, long have I known you? You never told me. It's it's a stand-in supermodel never told for me. cinnamon. Yeah, well, you know, you oh. haven't been to the right talks. Yeah. I have disclosed oh this God. in some of the science talks. And I just found this out. I was walking through just maybe a year or two ago. I was walking through the hospital and Leanna, the uh, who worked with Dr. Nordstrom was Carrying a, a cat carrier through the hospital and the cat's name was Ginger Snap, And she's like, Oh, hey, here's Ginger Snap. She's related to cinnamon. Um, but she's coming in and now Ginger Snap was old, right? So cinnamon was old at the time. Yeah. And she was fat. And so they didn't want to take a picture of an old fat cat, you know. And um, this is how the story goes, you know. Maybe you know Dr. Narström will come in and say, "No, nah, no, nah, that's, mm, that's right." But um, so here's Ginger Snap, and I said, "Oh, well, so what's so cool about Ginger Snap?" And she goes, "Well, you know, this is the actual picture cat." This oh. is the cat that was the picture was taken of, but she looks exactly the same. You have to remember they're inbred and the red Abyssinians, course, so. you and me are not going to know any difference between cinnamon and ginger snap, she And um yeah, so she was a stand in. So, oh, uh, so
3: for the hottest news, you just turn on you the go. purple stand with in the super right model. <laughs> like, That's it. And this I, is I wanna, Dr. Leslie Lyons, and I'm so happy. To on this
2: I want to ask you about some other famous cats that you've worked with, though. So I mean, cinnamon, cinnamon, people will know if you're interested in cat genetics, but you've also you also worked with the first cloned cat. Yes, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you also worked with some other kind of uh, cats that had um, a big following in social media, too. Mm yeah yeah so tell us about some of your famous uh
0: some of the some of the famous cats so um these are collaborations so uh the story goes with cc carbon copy, if you remember (laughs) back in the day when you used to CC letters, right? I guess in email, you still see CC, but that means carbon copy and blind carbon copy, right? Right. So CC was produced by the group down at uh, Acres, uh, the Audubon Conservation Research for Endangered Species down in New Orleans uh, by Martha Gomez's group and Earl, Earl Pope's group. And or, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That uh, CC was made by Texas a Texas m yeah. By Texas with uh, Mark West group. And a gentleman who has now passed away, uh, one of my colleagues in science, sent to me, he contacted me, he said, Hey, we have some cell lines down here that we need to know if this is the same cell line growing. So he blinded me to the project. Uh, masked me to the project. And so they sent up the cell lines and we ran microsatellite markers, like doing a DNA profile, just like you do on CSI. And we did that and I said, well, these two are the same, but this one's different. This one looks like it's highly related and blah, blah, blah. And it turned out this was CC, the clone cat. And so that's that's how we got on the paper is because uh, uh, interesting enough, they picked a calico cat to clone, yes,
2: which they should. Which was start. Rainbow.
0: Which yeah. was Rainbow, right? And what they didn't realize, or what they didn't expect, so yes. this kind of showed us that we can clone things, but there's still a lot we don't understand. So the the cell they took to clone Rainbow was a cumulus cell from one of, around one of her eggs. So they took that cell, and then they took the nucleus of that cell to make. CC. And of course, this now goes into a surrogate cat. It didn't go back into, into Rainbow. So the embryo transfer is into a, a different cat. Well, then CC's born, and she's not Calico. She doesn't look like her color. she doesn't look like so that's why they called me right they said oh what the heck happened here right and so it turns out and then eventually then when we realized what was going on we made sure we did x chromosome markers yeah. and showed that she had the same x chromosome markers as rainbow cc and rainbow are identical um but their coat colors didn't turn out the same and that's what we think is because of epigenetics and methylation patterns and so when an embryo is growing all the methylation is supposed to wipe clean and so you should have a cat that's born that would be a calico but its pattern would be completely different. Um, with CC you would hope the pattern would be exactly the same but whatever you have to remember X inactivation yeah. so a female one X is turned off the cumulus cell had the X with the orange turned, turned off. off it was off right and it never got reprogrammed and so when cc is made she never expresses her orange whatsoever yeah and uh now so that led us to hey we expected that to wipe clean and reprogram. Yeah. And so Dr. West Hoosen's group then continued studying epigenetics and, and cloning aspects in that regard. Yeah. Um, but with the Acres group, we, we cloned Ditto. Ditto, and, yes. Ditto, so French Ditto. Yeah. And, um, and they cloned the first African wildcat. And so we again then did the first DNA for that. We did the first DNA for the company, uh, Genetic Savings and Clone oh, that yeah. did um, to Tabuli to and Baba Ganoush. Um, yeah. So those were the first commercially cloned yeah. cats. And uh, so we we were involved with the early DNA work to prove that the clones were the actual clones.
2: And the whole commercial
0: cloning of cats kind of imploded, didn't it really? Well, I think it's still done. And actually, I think it's still done through a company there in Canada. No and case. yeah, so ViaGene, uh, I think still actually does it. And they clone cats and dogs and mules and um, probably other species of horses. And um, so yeah, yeah, that still kind of goes on. I haven't heard much about at all no. um, uh, about cloned cats, but yeah. I so think it is still done. I-
3: If I want to clone my cat, and I want exactly the same cat, you know, phenotypically, that's probably impossible then. Or do I need to take a cat that is fully black, no color, whatever?
0: (laughs) Well, um, no. Generally, generally the striping and spotting patterns come out pretty close. Mm. They do come out pretty close. They might not be exactly perfect, but they're going to be darn close. But again, what you have to remember is variation, what an individual looks like, is the summation of their genetics and their environment. So there's no way you can raise that new cloned cat under the exact same environment as the previous cat. The diet's going to be different, the socialization's going to be different, so... You might have a cat. If it's a random bred cat, there's a good chance you might have a cat with a fairly different personality. There might be some some things that they surprisingly do that are similar, like chase balls or or something like mm-hmm. that. That norm, you know, that uh, you wouldn't normally expect. But then that goes back to well, if I really want to have a cat that's going to have a similar personality that I can predict, you might just need to go back to a breed. Mm. And that's why we have breeds is because they're more predictable with their color and their behaviors. And so you have nearly a better bet there. Now, if you cloned a breed cat, you would have even a higher likelihood of the cat being looking the same and actually having more similar behaviors as well. But part of that's just because of the breed background as well. So Many traits are set. So they're... Yeah.
2: Exactly. Um, exactly. Do you have something to do with Grumpy Cat too, or am I wrong about that?
0: No, uh, we wanted to sequence Grumpy Cat and uh as part of the 99 Lives project, right, but right. um that never came to its fruition okay. and we've lost Grumpy Cat now and, yeah, yeah. and then uh Little Bub as well. Oh, so a funny. group in Germany did sequence Little Bub. And uh, so little bub is in the 99 lives project, but Ah, that's an addition that the German group put in, uh, a group of young investigators from uh, Germany did that. And uh, we have done DNA on Mr. Bigglesworth. Uh, So when we found the sphinx mutation, the hairless mutation, uh, that's Mr. Bigglesworth. So we did have a DNA sample from Mr. Bigglesworth. And yes, and he is a sphinx. (laughs) 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 He actually has a genetic mutation. It's not due to crier preservation that he lost his fur.
2: (laughs) You've worked on so many interesting things. So I want to ask you, of everything you've worked on, what was... What will be the most memorable to you? What's the one, if you had to rank, you know, the discoveries and the and the the problems that you've worked on? What would you put as personally most satisfying, most interesting? What's your number one?
0: Well, um, that's that's hard to say because I I once I get onto a project I, I'll I'll never give up on it and we still have some projects that we want to try to solve. But certainly finding polycystic kidney disease was a highlight because this is actually a very common human disease. disease, And so a lot of the diseases we work with are called orphan diseases Mm -hmm. or they're very rare diseases where PKD is more common than muscular dystrophy, cystic fibrosis and, and sickle cell anemia all combined. But you generally don't hear about it because older people succumb to renal disease. And so, you know, it's, it's, you tend to hear more about the diseases that affect young children yes. and are really going to uh, really shorten their lives. Well PKD does generally shorten a person's life about 10 to 15 years or so, uh, but not until they're much older. Mm. And so now we have also been able to move that forward and show that unlike the rodent models, rodent models you can calculate kidney volume and the hallmark for proving that a therapeutic is working for a human PKD is a reduction in kidney volume. Hence and the question
2: you were asking me about
0: cat kidney volume. There you go. Yeah, now I know why. Okay. There you go. So um, however, with cats, so the, my, the rodent models get cysts, but the cysts are so small and the mm. kidneys are so small, you can't really get cystic volume. So recently uh, we have published a paper on looking at all the different imaging techniques, ultrasound, CT and MRI to calculate cystic volume and total kidney volume for a cat and we worked with the Mayo Clinic to do this and we use their algorithms to calculate cystic volume so now we can prove that we can get cystic volume from a cat Mm -hmm. and 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 accurately just like you do in humans so that if we have a therapeutic um we could actually give it to the cats and we could see a reduction in cystic volume that would tell us whether that therapeutic was working or not because mm-hmm. in the end that's what you need to do is reduce cystic volume which then will reduce kidney volume mm-hmm. which will then have you know more normal parenchyma so that you can have normal Stabilized. kidney yeah. state yeah. yeah um and then more recently than that we've also shown that um if you put the cats it was very interesting starting the study with, so this was doc, with Dr. Thomas Veems uh, at UC Santa Barbara. And um, so basically we started feeding trials on cats and it's from data that was generated first in rodent models. So if you put cats on a ketogenic diet, and it's funny when they first called me and they said, you know, can we put cats on a ketogenic diet? And I'm like, a cat is a ketogenic yeah. diet. Yeah, yeah. They they don't eat any grain whatsoever. Yeah. So I can put a cat on a ketogenic diet. Well, the thing is we have forced them to be on non-ketogenic diets with all our cat foods and stuff, right? So now they're currently on non-ketogenic diets. But so uh, what we did is yes, so we tried to get them onto high protein. For this particular study, we did a fasting study. So mm-hmm. the, you know, there's different ways to get into ketogenesis. Um, so you can either do these like lots of diets are these fasting diets yeah. and stuff. So they're all basically the different variations on yeah. the theme of how to get you into ketosis, right? So um, so what we did. The fastest way we could do it is to do a fasting study on the cats. We did CT before and CT afterwards, and we could clearly see that we reduced cyst volume by at least 10% in these cats. So, this now might be a therapy for humans. Instead of all these drugs, just periodically go on ketogenic diets keep yeah. your cis volumes low, keep that stable. If you could keep the cis volume stable yeah. and you have a completely functioning kidney, you're gonna be fine, right? Yeah. So forget all these drugs, let's, let's think more about ketogenic diets. Awesome. And so, so there you have kind of the fruition of what I've wanted to do. Find a mutation, help cats. We've helped cats by the frequency of PKD is way down way down in yeah. in domestic cats and our breeds or yep. mainly majorly the Persian breeds if it's if it's around it's because it's of in newer areas where people don't know about the PKD testing and stuff so that's so we've helped the cats and now we're having helping humans so that's yeah. that's certainly been a big fruition of my career is to that's get really it to translate health, isn't it that's really one health
3: Talking about big accomplishments, because this is the perfect intro to the next topic is that (laughs) when I I talk to you, I'm always amazed about your bucket list of things that you want to do outside of veterinary medicine. And a lot of people have bucket lists. And when you talk to them, you know, most of the time they don't get done. But when I talk to you, when you have a bucket, something on your bucket list, you do them.
0: Oh, ab- absolutely. And, uh, you know, I had this list before it was called a bucket list. So, you know, that movie with Jack Nicholson came out and everybody started talking about bucket lists. No, <clears throat> I always had the list that was called the no lollygagging list. And uh, so, and I formulated this list around, it has a James Bond theme. So I figured I, I really fell in love with James Bond as an early kid. And I felt, man, if I could do half the things this guy does or goes or, you know, participates in, I feel like I haven't lollygagged in life. And so recently, just this past year, so nothing happened during COVID year, right, but last year... I did get to knock off one of the things that's been on the list for the long time and I didn't realize it's been on the list for 25 years so um you're lucky you
2: survived
0: it I said yeah so um when GoldenEye the movie GoldenEye came out in uh with uh, Pierce Brosnan and his introduction of James Bond right the movie sequence opens with him bungee jumping off this dam That's on the Italian-Swiss border. And that year, I did happen to go to New Zealand. And it was the first year I bungee jumped. I was like, I like this bungee jumping stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But um, so I I don't do it haphazardly, though. I only do it in really cool places. So I won't go to the county fair and bungee jump. I only go to really cool places. You go to Africa to bungee jump. Yeah, so Susan's been the videographer in a couple of these. And so I've jumped.
2: I'm there um, to take your body home in a race. Yes, yes, she yeah, yeah
0: exactly. So, I've, we've got the bon- bungee jump in South Africa together, and that's yeah. one of the highest places over yeah. the Storm River.
2: For those who are listening, I do not jump. I watch her jump. She she watches and cheers. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that, that was the same trip that we went out on that great white shark cage diving
0: thing, wasn't it? Yeah, you cheered and I got in the water. Yeah. yeah. I Um, did not go in the (laughs) water, there's a theme here. Yeah, and and then that was was also, now you remember we then went to Victoria Falls and I bungee jumped there and I came up and I remember saying, this is the most rinky-dink place, meaning they had the less safety precautions than everybody else. And six months later, an yes. Australian went into the river. Yep. Because um, the, the crocodiles. Of exactly. It, the crocodiles, and
3: floated it, around for, for half an hour. Yeah. The crocodiles and that sort of thing. yeah.
0: So, this, this past year, I did get to go do the. Susan wasn't available to go with no. me, but a good uh, Italian friend and colleague was there. I always have somebody with me just in case. And, um, I got the jump off the dam there for the golden eye jump and and I I acquired fans because you know you forget what you look like. Well, I'm I'm a dumpy 57-year-old now with gray hair, right? And I'm getting up there to bungee jump and I'm just all happy and everything and people are coming up to me saying, "How old are you?" and and are you and then I did it a second time, and people were cheering because you know you have all these young kids doing it, and they're frightened stiff they they can't make the leap, they literally fall off because your legs freeze, your legs tell you don't do this right and, um and so they fall- and then they won't do it again, and I got up, and I did it forward, and then I jumped backwards and um i had I had a group of cheers cheerleaders with me and stuff and uh, so that's but I try to do all kind of James Bond things and I think at Christmas I'm going to try to talk Susan I just discovered that um, Ian Fleming's house in Jamaica is called Goldeneye so that's where that comes from and you can go to the resort and stay in his villa and I'd like to start writing a book on cat genetics. Okay I'm up for that. You're up for yeah, that, so too. I'm
3: thinking, you yeah, okay.
0: It's a, it's a pricey place, it's that's a pricey okay. place, but you know, I, I figure that's I want to go do it once and, and cause that's Dr. No. So to start <laughs> out with Dr. No, you got to go to Jamaica. Yes. And, uh, and I
3: yes to Dr. No, I love no. it. I yeah. love it, that, yeah. that's now, awesome. I
0: want to point out that if it sounds,
2: if the bungee jumping sounds scary, um, tell them about a certain event in Spain
3: Oh
0: gosh! Oh, okay. This was a mistake. Yeah, uh, this was a mistake. So it was later that same later last yeah. year. I did the uh, you know when I w- I wrote this when I was kid these lists right, and this was the last thing on the first list of ten things I had written, and um, and it was running with the bulls and uh so i went and did this with this uh nice group you can you can sign up and go with a group and they take care of you and everything and all that and you even get to go up on one of the balconies over the street and watch the running and stuff and unfortunately i didn't i had to run the first day and the second day is when i watched and i ran with the bulls and i nearly got killed and uh That was, I didn't get gored, I didn't get stamped on, nothing, you can anticipate what the bulls are gonna do. You can't anticipate what the thousands of drunken Spaniards are gonna do, All right? So that's what I underestimated. So I got out there and I had my plan. I wanted to get just behind the bulls. I didn't wanna touch anybody. I just wanted to run in just after the bulls into the stadium and watch the bull fights well somehow i got just in front of the bulls and uh because they keep pushing you and yelling at you and shoving and they boo at you and hiss at you and stuff and so i got pushed down just as i was coming into i have video to see it and uh pushed down just as i went in and i'm i'm sure i was slightly concussed but um I was not trampled on by a boar or anything. I got out of the way and stuff, but uh, that was really stupid. I That's just want to paint this lives. picture. That so was stu- see- the one of the lives went on that one. Yeah, yes,
3: yes. <laughs> I just, I just want to paint this picture, Leslie, because I've I'm all in white country. with the red
0: stuff and everything. You know,
3: I know. So I'm kind of looking
0: see- like a cow. <laughs> yeah, I,
3: I see you running down the street, and the bulls are in the back, and you're running and running, and you see the door of the arena. You're running and running, and people are pushing, and that sort of thing. And just behind, just you're past that little thing, you go through the door, and just uh, at the moment, Supreme, that you're in this beautiful stadium, where everybody's, you go flat down, <laughs> and everybody ex- runs over you.
0: <laughs> ex- exactly. It was literally right as the cobblestone becomes the sand of the arena. And that's where I went down, and and you can see me on the Spanish TV crawling (laughs) to get get just around the corner, and I do, but you know what? I never saw the Bulls ever. Never saw them whatsoever. Um, They had come in, by the time I got up, they had already gone through the stadium and out into the other hole. So. um,
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, wow. Well, wow, Throw it, that it.
0: list away. It's done. That, but yeah, that list is done, and so there's a new list. Yeah, there's a new list. This has
3: been fantastic. You know, the twenty-five <laughs> minutes is over again. Really? <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, this has been. I think this is a great ending, and I think we need to get you back because we didn't even talk about genetics and cancer, which is a yeah. thing that I'm really interested in. So yeah. we'll get you back for another one. Uh, this has been fantastic. Well, do,
0: <laughs> do we do we want to do it now, and you can show it whenever? On. <laughs> no. Just keep on going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll
3: just keep on going.
0: Yeah. I, I want to tell you about the, the the best ever was the cats in Egypt. Where yes, yes. uh you we oh. got to go into the tomb Okay, let's
3: finish with the cats yeah. in Egypt.
0: The cats in Egypt. Someone recently asked me what was one of the highlights of my life. And I would say we got to go with National Geographic. So Susan was with, with, with us to um look we were trying to get cats for genetic diversity in egypt proving that domestication probably occurred in egypt and And and
3: before you go any further leslie i just want to tell you i am a complete egyptophile i love anything about egypt so i'm so jealous about this story so next time when you go you better call me because i will never forgive you
0: (laughs) absolutely absolutely so we got to go to saqqara And uh, a colleague uh, by the name of Dr. Alan uh, Zevi was actively excavating the tomb of Maya, which is the wet nurse for King Tut. So what you have to remember is these tombs are so old, people have forgotten what they were for. it has been over a thousand years, you know, so that's beyond our comprehension, right? And so of course there's no, hugely written records at the time so now it's the tomb of maya well they reused the tomb of maya and just stuffed it full of votive offerings and those were mummified animals so there was a huge number of mummified cats in there as well a lot of them were destroyed because of spontaneous combustion Um, but this tomb so we got to go into the tomb Dr. Zevi is more interested in the tomb of maya But we got to go in and actually see some of the cat mummies that they had pulled out of that tomb. So I got to actually hold some of the cat mummies from the tomb while actually in the tomb and working with National Geographic. And uh, that was really cool. Uh, You don't get to do that one every day. Yeah. I have
2: to say that you were the only one allowed in the tomb.
0: Yeah, I was was the only one allowed in. Do
2: it outside the tomb while you were doing it. But while you were in there, I remember looking just looking down, you know, as you do when you're standing and waiting and realizing I was standing on bits of cat mummies. Yes. You know, the destroyed ones. And I started to realize I am surrounded by destroyed bits of cat mummies. And that was a real, oh my God, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was, that was really cool. That's an
3: amazing ending to a there you go. cat per podcast. Wow. And then,
0: we'll, then we have to tell you about Susan on the camel ride.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll do that later.
2: It's <laughs> time to say goodbye. Uh, yeah. Yep, cut. Time. Yeah, I, can cut. Only imagine.
3: I can only imagine how that's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. We'll, we'll
2: what, have to save the... that for another episode. So we, yeah. we've got enough to do several more episodes. I have video <laughs> proof. Sadly, she does. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but we're gonna. See. All right,
3: Leslie, thank you so much. Okay, for thanks,
0: you guys. Episode. Yeah.
3: So. Stay safe want-
0: through all this COVID stuff. Stay safe. Want to always be doing these podcasts and stuff. So. Um, yes. Uh, wear your masks. Go vote. <laughs>
3: That's exactly it. All right, thanks so much. And this is the Per Podcast. If you want more information, you can go to PerPodcast.net or any of your platforms to find our wonderful podcast and. Uh, and, and what's her social media handle, Yola? Uh, at Purple Guests, Yes, so yeah. thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, And August, consultations in feline internal medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at Step 3 is to treat the cat for at least 2-3 to weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Thank <tripe noise>